Welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by Inside Texas Football and InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, along with the managing partner, Eric Nolin at Inside Texas. This is Inside the Program. This is our weekly show where we talk about everything and, every, and anything about the Texas football program, current, past, present, future. We try to knock it all out. And Eric, it's a little somber today. The vibe's a little low. We got some rain outside. It's a little cold. And we're talking about a Sugar Bowl loss. Now, granted, it was a great game. And there was yeah. we, we, we've lamented on lots of this different stuff. But we, we're going to kind of we're going to just dot back on that a little bit, kind of talk a little bit about what the locker room's like post game and, and kind of some of the vibes coming out the last few days. We're going to talk about, you know, some kids that might be staying, could be leaving. We're, you know, we had a really good post up at InsideTexas.com. Please check us out at uh, uh, Friday's Humidor. That it was outstanding stuff. And also we're going to talk a little bit about when the team comes back, when they report, and, and just a few other little facets that we like to cover in this show inside the program. Eric, Always a pleasure. Uh, I got to hang out with, with with Ian and Drew and Paul yesterday. So you're having to follow some talent. Yeah. But um, but I think we're going to make some magic today. It's a good day. Brother, let's talk about the locker room. It was it was a little down, <laughs> naturally. You know, yeah. a lot of work put in. Sark, I think, even mentioned it took 12 months to get to that point, to work up to that point. What's some of the things you had been hearing, you know, post-Sugar Bowl, just kind of around the program, around the facilities, and really in the heart of that locker room. Yeah, well, the team, you know, the players, each individual player handles it, you know, like like fans do. Every fan is different. Every player is different. So you had some guys that were going around high-fiving, hugging each other, trying to pick each other up, and other guys that were taking it harder, you know. So, you know, some fans are mo more emotional. Some players are more emotional. They're all humans. Uh, I mean, I think um, the players that took it the hardest were the ones that, that knew that they had played their last game, that gave everything. I think you saw a bunch of emotion uh, in J Jordan Winnington's departing uh, tweet yesterday, acknowledging the, the time he put in at Texas and the fact that he was moving on. You could see the emotion in his eyes. That that kind of bled through with uh, the, the veterans that have you know poured their heart into the program for the last four or five years, uh, stuck through the program, through the ups and downs, uh, helped it back to the top of the playoffs. Those guys were, were quite emotional, but overall, a lot of them were were also proud of the season that they had, you know, and uh, I think they they kind of followed, those players followed Sark's lead. Sark was much more stoic. Uh, he, he told the players how proud he was of them, how far they had come, how much work they had uh, put in, uh, and as you'd expect from the coaches to, to be more of the uh, leadership in the program at that point and pick up their players, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I think it, it really hit home for me when I saw Jordan Whittington's post-game interview. And he started getting emotional. Yeah. Because I think that's when it started sinking in. And it's like, man, there's a reason these guys are so built in that they bled for this program for years, that they put so much into it. And, and that's why Texas fans should be proud. That's why Texas fans and Steve Sarkis and these guys should be happy because of what these guys accomplished in the third year in Sark's regime. regime. And, and I know those guys from Byron Murphy to, to Vondre Sweat, Christian Jones, you know, they, they Jalen Ford. They've been through the bad. They got to see some of the good. They just happened to run into a buzzsaw named Michael Penix in their final game. Yeah. Um, real quick, we got to pay the bills. And I'm going I'm to give out some a, a little shout-out to our sponsor, Andre the Lawyer. He is located in Dallas, Texas. He helps out Longhorns. Andre the Lawyer is the man you need in, in stuff for injury-related incidents, 18-wheeler accidents, on-the-job injuries, wrongful deaths. Andre is the guy you need to call. Andre the Lawyer at 
844-888-4444-8808. He will help out in any regard. He's a longtime uh, guy at Inside Texas, but he will help whoever and whenever. Andre's the man you need to call. 214-444-8808 if you ever need him. Andre the lawyer. Okay, who is staying? Who is going? We, we want to go through the should, should they stay or should they go? These are players leaving or staying. And, and this week, the staff has been able to meet with a handful of these guys to, to figure out their best, you know, move going forward. You know, would it be remaining with the program, potentially going to the portal, or, or essentially declaring for the NFL draft? Texas is in a it's a good position to be in when you've got guys that are, are having to make these decisions. We Eric and I decided we want to go through a position by position to give the fans kind of an overall view of what the roster management looks like this, today and and kind of what we could see potentially in the spring. Uh, ahead ahead of us um we'll start at a quarterback Eric I, I think this one's pretty easy so I'm gonna hand it off to you zone read style Quinn Ewers Arch Manning keep going yeah well those will be the top two next year everybody expects Quinn Ewers back that's kind of been a foregone conclusion going back to the uh, big 12 championship game uh, that you know that's been the expectation you can imagine that's going to hold through but um you know there is some concern at at who will be the third string quarterback going into next season. It sounds like Charles Wright, there's a good chance he's going to enter the portal. At that point, uh, you've got a couple guys, actually a few, but few guys uh, competing for that spot. You've got Cole Lord, who's been in the program since 2021. He was a walk-on. Uh, you've got Trey Owens, who's tearing it up at the uh, All-American game in San Antonio right now. You can see his ranking rise, the big pocket passer with a strong arm, uh, and, and a walk-on Joe Tatum. So one of those three guys will be the third string. Uh, but Texas has a very formidable pairing at the top with Quinn Ewers followed by Arch Manning. Yeah, and, and a lot of – I'd Ooh. say probably 98% of the colleges, and in, in, if not all, would, would prefer a Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning one and two. I mean, that that's a that's about yeah. as good as you get. That's some high-ranking guys in your, in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your locker room. Running back now, listen – Tashar Choice talked about it before the Sugar Bowl. He said he went to the running backs in the spring and said, we are the team's number one question mark going into 2023. And he challenged his guys. We can, we're losing Bijan and Rashawn, and everyone is questioning us. I think we figured out the recipe for that, Eric. The running back room is thriving. Jonathan Brooks had an unbelievable season. He declared for the draft. He announced that yesterday. So now we're looking – at a C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, one-two punch, kind of going into the spring with, with, with a little dabble of – I'm hearing Trey Wisner. I'm, I'm hearing a little bit from some some of those incoming guys that should be, you know, getting some reps, Christian Clark, Jarrett Gibson. Let it, let them know about running back and kind of what your vibes are, what you're hearing there right now. Yeah, well, Tashar Choice for you – know, he's going to have three running backs go to the NFL in two years. That's not too shabby. That's going to be – he already he already had a great recruiting pitch himself, his, his uh, ability to teach and his ability to connect with the athletes. Now he's got the resume where these guys are, are going to the NFL early. Um, you know, C.J. Baxter and, and Jaden Blue, I expect them to be the one-two punch next year. They, they finished out, a, you know, with a couple of uh, tough fumbles, difficult fumbles. That will motivate them throughout the offseason. That's definitely going to give uh, Choice some ammunition to coach these guys hard. Uh, behind them, I'm interested to see what Savion Red does. There's not going to be, you know, there's a lot of competition for those uh, those carries at the top. Behind him, you've got Trey Wisner, who's definitely going to carve out a role. I like him to have a chance to uh, to replace Keelan Robinson, what he did, adding a dynamic piece, maybe in those two back sets that we started to see uh, later in the season. And then you've got the two talented freshmen coming in, Jarrett Gibson and Christian Clark, both early enrollees. Both uh, uh, Jarrett Gibson in particular is somebody that can that can tote the rock early, I believe. 
Uh, Christian Clark might take a little bit more time. He was he's always in a timeshare out there in Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. but he's got a very high ceiling. So running backs locked and loaded next year, especially playing behind that offensive line. Absolutely, and and I think you could make a, you can make an argument that Choice has sent four in two years if you want to count Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech to Alabama to the Detroit Lions. Tashar Choice is, it has has made his hay in Austin, and it's been impressive. And he's continuing to do that with the 2025 cycle. Wide receiver, this is the one, man. This is the room that's going to take a hit. You're going to lose Xavier Worthy, obviously. We reported this morning, Adnai Mitchell going to declare. Jordan Whittington played his last game. You're not only losing talent in that room, you're losing reps. You're losing experience. Now, you're getting back a lot of your guys on that offensive side. But that's, to me, the position that's taking the biggest hit. What are the what, what is the roster looking like? going into spring at that spot and and are there any we know about 2024 wide receiver target ryan williams they're looking still in the portal for a wide receiver kind of wax on that a little bit kind of where that room is looking and going well the addition of matthew golden from u of h is huge that's a that's a massive need he's going to be able to stretch the field command attention he's going to make things easier jonte cook and him are you know if they work off on the on the field side together uh, that's going to be a dynamic pairing for teams to defend. So Texas is still going to be talented and explosive, but depth is going to be you know a big question mark. And then what's going to happen with the boundary receiver? Ryan Wingo's uh, doing well out there at Army himself, or not Army, I always call it Army, but All-American yeah. game in San Antonio. That's always going to be Army game to me. Um, but yeah. you know, so he's going to be inexperienced, but he does have the size and speed that's going to translate immediately to the college game. So you do like that, but they, they do need to find another experienced player not only did they lose the, the obvious three, they lost Casey Kane, who would have at least provided good depth this season. Uh, probably could have been a rotational player, at least to, to the degree that, that Sark rotates players. So there's going to be question marks. Are they going to be able to get another receiver if they don't get one out of the portal? Uh, are they then going to focus even harder on Ryan Williams, who uh, is extremely explosive, would be able to play early, can approximate Xavier Worthy in many ways? Yeah, uh, They're not going to have a lot of experience. I, I'm not ruling out Parker Livingstone playing, playing early. He's a big kid that can move. Uh, he's got good natural ball skills. Uh, good hands. Um, so, but they're going to be unproven. It's, you know, that's the big question mark on offense going into next season is, is, is the wide receiver. The offensive line is going to be there. The quarterback's going to be there. The running backs are going to be there. I think even tight end's going to be in good shape with Gunnar Helm. Uh, but wide receiver, you know, what are they going to do? Sark usually has an answer for him. We'll see if he can pull a rabbit out of the hat, uh, out of the portal. It's, it's funny because I, I, I brought that up to Kelson in one of our previous shows. And I, I said, it reminded me a little bit of Vince over his career. When he arrived his freshman and, and redshirt freshman year, he had Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson and Sloan Thomas, all veterans, all talented guys. By the time Texas won with him, he was playing with a whole other crop of receivers, which yeah. Drew even admitted were not on that level. Lima Sweet right. could ball. Quan Cosby could ball. Brian Carter. But it, it, it took some, some adjustment. It took some change. And I think Kelsey made a good point about how Quinn Ewers, who's already taken a big step, is going to have to probably take another step in the leadership department That's when it good. comes to those receivers. So tight end. Let, let's hit on tight end. Jatavian Sanders leaves as a record holder. The most catches in Texas history, 99 receptions. Most 100-yard games by tight end in Texas history. Yardage. This guy, he left his mark. And we're not, you know, we're not sure if he's declaring or not. We, we've heard both sides of this. Let's go ahead and get to the to the root to the heart of the matter. There needs a little, there, there's some depth there as well, or, or there needs to be some developed depth 
so to speak, at the tight end position because we know they're going big in 2025. They've already added a commitment in Amari Winston out of Calhoun, Georgia. Talk a little bit about tight end and what we think Sanders looks like before and after. Well, I think Sanders is going to de de declare. I just, yeah. you know, I can't. I know he's talked about, you know, having unfinished business at Texas if they don't if they don't advance throughout the playoffs or win it. You know, I just don't see him sticking around. Uh, he's got some question marks as a blocker, so there's there's maybe something for the the coaching staff to lean on to to coax him back. Uh, I just don't see it. He's just too he's just too dangerous of a wide receiver. Uh, some team's going to jump on him early, probably earlier than we think. I don't think he's going to last past the first forty picks. Uh, he's just too dynamic in space. So I, I think he's going to declare. We haven't heard that for certain yet. We certainly haven't written an article like we have on Adonai Mitchell this morning uh, and some other players previously. But, um, you know, that I do think Gunnar Helm is going to be a good tight end next year. He's a, he's a solid two-way player. He can receive. He can block. He's not as athletic or uh, he's not going to inspire the fear and defenses that, that Sanders does. He's not going to exploit uh, mismatches quite as well. Uh, but he's definitely going to be somebody that they can scheme into space, that they can, uh, you know, work down the seam. They can work in the red zone. Um, I think I think Gunnar Helm has a has a chance to be an NFL player. Beyond him, it's it's question marks all over the place. You know, they didn't really find one in the portal, at least as of yet. Maybe they'll look again in May. Juan Davis has had about the quietest career of all time at Texas. Uh, he comes back as he's at least going to pose a receiving threat. You know, they keep bringing him back for a reason. They see some upside in him. He's yeah. definitely an athlete. Uh, and then you got Spencer Shannon and, and Will Randall. Will Randall uh, has been coming back from a knee injury. Uh, these are going to be big springs for them. Shannon has not quite become the the inline blocker that they've they've looked for. You know, I'd imagine they keep Malik Agbo there, and I do think they'll run more twelve personnel next year. Take take a little bit more advantage of more experienced Quinn Ewers in the drop back passing game. But yeah, it's going to take a hit. Um, but you know, I think Spencer Shannon or not Spencer Gunnar Helm is going to surprise people next year. I think we started to see hints of a quality player this season. And and Juan Davis is always that guy that flashes a little bit in the spring. Yeah. And so this would be the spring where it's like, all right, let's maintain that flash. Let's see it carry over. Yeah, they this certainly have a plan. They, you know, they they have not hesitated to to massage players out of the program that didn't really have a future, and they keep bringing Juan Davis back. Maybe by the end of the day, he's in the portal. I don't know. Again, it's the quietest career of all time at Texas, but uh, he does have talent. Uh, athleticism is not what's been holding him back. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he, he's a part of that fun bunch. The offensive line. You know they're 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 losing a big guy on the right on the right side and right tackle Christian Jones. They're returning virtually everyone else, and so this um, this to me is going to be a strength, the team strength. It's been building towards one for the last two years since that class of 2022 got on campus. It's been building towards that. They have the depth that uh, they we know what that looks like. Let's give them a quick idea because I think. The offensive line is one of those that's going to be a work in progress when it comes to players staying or leaving. I think you could have a couple freshmen, you know, hit the portal from the class of 2023 that that just didn't weren't on that developmental curve that Kyle Flood and those guys had hoped or, or didn't get the, the reps and run that they had hoped that, that they were going to get early on. And also the spring is going to be an indicator as well on who who goes and who stays on the offensive line because of of rep allocation again and, and kind of. They'll get a better idea. It seems a little muddy. Can you clear it up for us a little bit? What the O line is kind of looking like now, and what it could shape like by the time spring rolls around. Yeah, well, they're carrying a lot of bodies. I think they have seventeen or so, um, and that, that's just a, a log jam. Especially, you yeah. know, the younger you are, the further you are behind. Unless you're just a, an elite talent, you know, a guy like Brandon Baker is going to come in and probably be on the two deep pretty early in his career, and that's going to he's going to jump somebody at that point. 
Uh, there's a lot of guards. They have a lot of guards within the program. Uh, they're bringing in two more interior guys in Daniel Cruz and Nate Kibble. Uh, and so, you know, there's just there's just carrying so many bodies. It's it's just it's down to happen. Uh, it's bound to happen that, that somebody's going to get antsy and want to leave. Uh, we'll see. It's not going to be an indictment of the program. It's really not. It might not even be an indictment of the players. They're just you know, they, they've been loading up, taking seven in one class, five in another. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of players. There's, there's not enough reps to go around. We knocked out the offense. Let's flash over to defense. They're going to lose more more bodies over there. there. There's more question marks on the defense. We'll start on the defensive line. They're going to lose four major guys in the last two seasons. This year with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Last year, Keandre Coburn, Moro Ajomo. Alfred Collins, as we reported, is coming back. That's a big one. Vernon Broughton. What's the D-line, which was basically the team's strength in 2023? What do you think it's going to look like? And, and, and is there any portal guys that we need to be aware of? Well, Alfred Collins back coming back, and again, he's expected. You know, things can always change at the last minute, but right, right now we're, everybody's expecting Alfred Collins back. That's a huge piece. They had to get him back. Uh, he's going to be your penetrator. He's going to be able to get an interior pass rush. Uh, that's just what the doctor ordered. Alfred believes he can come back and have an impact similar to Tavondre Sweat returning. So uh, that was a bit of an easy sell. Even Alfred understood it. So uh, that's going to be a huge development for Texas. Texas lost Trill Carter this morning in the portal. I think that's as much a mutual decision as anything. I think some are, you know, some fans are lamenting the fact that uh, they'll be they'll be thin there. I'm not sure that Trill was going to play ahead ahead of Aaron Bryant or Sadir Mitchell next year. Uh, so that might just be um, that might just be the staff making more room. Uh, there's talk about them bringing in Jamari Caldwell from U of H. I heard that rumor yesterday afternoon. It's hard to get clear information on that. We originally heard that he might not have the transcript uh, that, to, to get into to Texas, but uh, we don't have perfect information on that at this time. That, that rumor is out there that they could bring in him, and he'd be an immediate starter at nose tackle. So you'd have Caldwell uh, with Sadir Mitchell and Aaron Bryant behind him, and also um, you know, you'd have Alfred Collins Vernon Broughton and uh, Dre Bledsoe taking the next step. So they'd be in a pretty good shape over at defensive tackle. I'm a little curious about Baron Sorrell. He's, he's tweeted out some interesting things. I tend to think he's coming back. Uh, Ethan Burke probably moving over to Jack. They don't need an edge. Uh, they've already got Trey Moore. So they're looking good on the defensive line uh, if they bring in Caldwell. Even if they don't bring in Caldwell, they'll probably be, be okay. But, of course, they'll take a step back. And, and, and don't forget the big three defensive linemen that are headed in from the class of 2024, Alex January, DeAndre Robinson, and our, our guy Melvin Hills from down in Lafayette. I caught up with DeAndre last night. He's been talking to Coach Bo recently. That relationship's good. Alex Foster is another guy to remember from the class of 2024. Texas isn't done yet. They're going to try to add the, the St. Joseph's mm -hmm. uh, high school kid out of Greenville, Mississippi, Baylor commit, and Alex Foster. So D-line is, is an ever-moving thing. At linebacker, you know, you're losing Jalen Ford. You've got some veterans that that could hit the portal. And then you got a rush of young guys that are eager to play alongside Anthony Hill Jr. There, there's that's another big question mark, in my opinion, especially if we if we anticipate Anthony Hill moving to Mike. What's linebacker looking like uh, right now, Eric? Yeah, and even adding more uh, state of flux there is that, you know, we don't, we're not exactly sure uh, what the new linebacker coach is going to want to do, he, how he's going to envision all the, the possible pairings. So. Uh, we still believe Johnny Nansen will be the uh, linebacker coach. It hasn't been announced officially, but, you know, we'll, we'll let that play out. Yeah, but like, as you said, Anthony Hill might play. Mike Linebacker assumed Jalen Ford's role. And then you would have David Benda, assuming he comes back, where it is that he wants to come back. There has been the talk that he might follow Jeff Choate to Nevada as well. So that's one to be – that's a, a wait-and-see thing. Also, Maurice Blackwell, 
getting a little antsy for playing time. There's some concern that he might jump in the portal. Um, you know, we'll see. One of those guys, I, you know, I'm not sure both will come back. Certainly, I would think Texas would get one of them back at least. Then you've got Leonga LaFau, Darian Gallette, Samaje Burrell. Uh, Cecilia Khan has even got some looks at Will Linebacker. Uh, you know, they're going to be young, but they'll be they'll be talented. It doesn't look like they're going to uh, look for somebody in the portal this go around. Uh, they've got enough bodies that maybe just not enough experience. But I think Anthony Hill's the key to that position group next year. They'll be able to figure out somebody to play play quality ball uh, beside him. Absolutely. And, and, and tip the cap of Jeff Choate, who has built an impressive linebacker room. Uh, nothing but love for that guy headed to Nevada. He left Texas a lot better than he found it. And I think Texas fans Absolutely. should be grateful. Hey, the secondary. There's not a lot of question marks in the secondary. All I see is talent, E. There are dudes at every spot now. You want to talk about an upgrade. The offensive line over the last couple of years is probably your big spot. That secondary is about to look just as good. Let's talk about the corners real quick because there is talent and there's young, experienced guys coming back. Kind of what what, what are you seeing at boundary? What are you seeing at field? I, I'm seeing a lot of good dudes out there, E. Yeah, you know, they, they've got Malik Muhammad at boundary. I'm, I'm kind of curious why they have him at boundary and not field rather than um, uh, rather than Brooks, having them flip-flop. Uh, we'll see if that uh, persists throughout spring ball. But, you know, those two guys look locked and loaded or to, to start next season. Would they like a little more experience there? I bet they would. You know, they've got Kobe Black coming in, Wardell Mack, and in the summer, Santana Wilson, who I love as a lead corner, a pure corner like Malik Muhammad. This, you know, Santana Wilson's not a guy that they're going to be talking about moving to safety or nickel or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, uh, he's a pure corner. I think they do lack a little experience and a little bit of depth. Still have Gavin Holmes, of course, uh, but they love the young pups they have coming in. They've got bodies and talent. Again, there's just a little bit of question about experience and, and experience depth. Uh, talent's not a question. And then at nickel, you know, you've got Andrew McCuba, who's, who's looking like he's going to get a chance to start there. If he doesn't play there, he can always always play at field safety. Uh, behind him, Jalen Gilbo. We're definitely watching him. There's been times throughout the um, uh, season we heard whispers of him perhaps looking to portal. That could have been uh, simply due to frustration for not playing. You know, Jade Barron had a lock on that position uh, when he wasn't missing time due to injury. Uh, and then Austin Jordan, we uh, we expect Austin Jordan to stick around. Uh, so the corner corner you have to figure is more of a of a of a or a star you have to figure is more of a corner than a safety. Uh, and, but Andrew McCuba is the one guy that could potentially play both. Uh, they do they do have a lot of bodies, but. I wouldn't be totally sh shocked if they they added another guy that could fit somewhere. Uh, maybe if it's even a, just a depth piece at corner or star. Yeah, after watching Michael Penix in the Sugar Bowl throw to three NFL wide receivers, anybody who's coaching a secondary is probably thinking I could use another one or two guys if if we're if we're in the mix. Right. Uh, I don't blame them, especially after that that horror show. Um, safety, you want to talk about the upgrade? Uh, we reported this morning there, there's some guys that are that are likely to leave. There's there's a guy that's potentially going to declare. And then you're bringing in super, super guys. You mentioned Makuba, who's going to be at the nickel, also play some safety. What is safety looking like today outside of Jurassic Park's own Derek Williams and, and the, the greatest walk-on of all time, Michael Taft? What is the safety position looking like portal-wise and staying-wise? Yeah, there's a lot of movement here. Um, you know, we didn't mention Ryan Watts with the corners. Uh, there's a good chance he comes back at Texas and, and gives safety a look. You know, we're, we're monitoring that development closely. Uh, you know, we've got people that think it's it's likely that he returns. But again, it, it's going to be if he does, he's going to be open to playing safety. That would add a lot of length to the position. I think he's perfectly fine athletically for it. Uh, and that would be a good addition. If they th if they want him back, they mean they think that he can um, 
they can he can handle the the cerebral aspects of the position. It's a whole different th- whole different thing processing in the middle of the field than out on an island. Um, you got Jelani McDonald who worked at safety throughout all of December. So there's another length uh, lengthy athlete at the position. He got some good experience playing star this past season. So it's not going to be totally foreign to him. You mentioned Taff and Derek Williams. You got Xavier Filsamy Fils- coming in, very talented. You got Jordan Johnson Rebel coming in, who's going to get a look at star, but I think can also play field safety. Uh, they've got a lot of bodies. It's going to be fun to see how they mix and match them all. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how safety is going to shake out from a pure starting standpoint. You know, you got to figure Derek Williams will uh, will start. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think they're going to have trouble un- unseating Michael Taft. Michael Taft was the best safety on the team this season. Uh, I don't care what anybody has to say. That, that you know, if, if if you say something else, you're you're wrong on that one. Yeah. Um, real quick, Keaton Crawford, Jaron Thompson, staying, going, declaring. What's what's the latest? Yeah, as you know, Keaton Crawford is looking like he's going to the pros. Um, you know, people might say he doesn't have much of a future there, but he's going to I think he's got a dynamite future as, as a special teamer and possibly somebody that they can with more time and development and coaching can turn into a, a productive safety in the NFL. And then Jaron Thompson, we've uh, anticipated for quite a while that, that he'll uh, he'll look for a, you know, a different point of view from a coaching aspect, just to look for maybe a different scheme, just a, a different fit. Uh, and see if he can get another shot, at, another bite at the apple of, of potentially finding a pro career. So we expect him to, to hit the portal and and uh, find the best fit for him. Man, this is a lot of good information crammed into a small window of time. Thank you so much for listening. When does it, we got one more thing, E. When does the team report back? When do they get back into football mode? Yeah, the team will report back on January 16th, and then uh, practice begins on January 20th, I believe. There'll be a bit of orientation for the freshmen. They'll get back to finding, you know, a whole new leadership council and all, you know, it's, it's a whole new rollover. They start the the long trudge up the hill again. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for, 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 for watching today. Eric, I sure do appreciate. Always a pleasure getting to talk Texas football team inside the program at InsideTexas.com. Please like and subscribe the Inside Texas football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. Please give us a shot. Come see us at InsideTexas.com. It is a great time. It's an amazing community, and it's a wonderful opportunity and time for Texas right now. They have so much good momentum in recruiting. They have so many good vibes and culture going on in the program. And now with the extended playoffs, this is an exciting time in college football, and especially on the 40 acres. Eric, I appreciate you, listeners and watchers and viewers. Please like and subscribe. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And thank you. And be sure and check out InsideTexas.com.